Welcome to episode number 11 of the Jazz and Blues Affinity Podcast. Today's guest is Stephanie Patton, and today we're going to be talking about the power of listening and connection in jazz music. You're listening to the Jazz and Blues Affinity Podcast, hosted by Derek Zaborin. Each week, Derek interviews a diverse range of musicians who perform this music, as well as writers and researchers who advocate on its behalf. Join in for engaging conversations that highlight the individual perspectives that shape today's jazz and blues scene. Here's your host, Derek Zaborin. This is part two of my interview with Stephanie Patton. If you want to listen to the first part, check out episode number nine, but this particular episode works as a standalone episode, so it's not required. However, I think if you have not listened to the first part, you would definitely enjoy it, so Make sure you go ahead and check that one out after you're done listening to this episode. Let's say somebody wants to become an artist. They want to perform music. Let's say they let's say they want to be a jazz singer. Let's just even take it that specific. What advice are you going to give that person to bring themselves into the songs? You know, they want to be unique. They want to say something unique with these jazz standards. What is a piece of advice you would give to them? Listening. Listening, period. You know, I mean, you can't do it unless you've heard it. And I'm not saying mimic the, you know, I, I'm just saying in the, in the very beginning, when you want to make a song your own, you have to listen to, and, and to, to definitely the original piece and then listen to as many versions as you can, you know, and sing along with it. And you don't necessarily have to sing exactly what the original is doing, but sing along with it, you know, harmonize with it, play with it, improvise with it, whether it's singing or playing the sax or drumming or whatever you're doing, listen to what's being created around you, listen to what's already been created. And then finally, after you've done that, listen to yourself. You got to listen to yourself. What are you doing? How are you feeling? Listen to yourself in terms of how are you feeling? You know, um, so I think listening to, to the original, listening to all the stuff out there now, and then listening to yourself, that's when you can really be true to a song. So it's really, it's a key word for me. It's just, it's listening. You know, and and even on stage when you're in the middle of a performance. I mean, how do you truly communicate with somebody like you and I talking right now? I mean, we wouldn't be able to do this if, if I wasn't listening to you or you weren't listening to me. I mean, that's the key to most things in life is. And we're talking about jazz right now, but uh, listening. I've often heard it said that jazz is like a metaphor for conversation. Actually, you know, you learn the language. And then you express yourself. What do you think about the idea of jazz as a as a as a jazz vocalist? Is which is particularly interesting because usually when when I hear the metaphor of jazz as a conversation, it's usually between instrumentalists. And I'm kind of curious in terms of a vocalist perspective, what's your what's your idea about jazz as a conversation where you're listening to what other people are doing and you're responding to it and you're expressing yourself with what you've learned. Well, for me personally, you know, as you have probably heard on my album, I mean, I, I'm not a big improviser, you know, and I don't, I don't do a lot of scatting, not 
for any other reason, then I just don't do it. I don't, I don't know why I, I might start doing it in the future. I might not. Um, I do it. A, I guess I do it a little bit, you know, but it's not a focal point for me as a vocalist. Now, I mean, on my album, the instrumentalists do, you know, they do a lot of communication through improvisation, but, um, I guess not really being that experienced at it myself, I guess I would answer that as, again, listening. Like, how do you, how do you respond to somebody without, like, truly without listening? I mean, a conversation, it's not about topping the other person. It's not, and I don't think it should be about competitiveness, like who can make the best statement. It's not about that. It's about listening to what was done and responding to it. And for me, improvisation, when I think about instrumentalists and, and vocalists doing it, it's it's more about humility and it's about lifting the other person up in response to what they say and what you say to them. You have A Breath of Spring. It was released in 2017. And in the description of that album, and for folks who are listening to this, you can find a, the description that I read on the Summit Records website. And you are described as kind of like Southeast Alaska's first lady of jazz. Do you think people underestimate the jazz scene that's happening in Alaska? Well, I think it's just, it's something that people don't really think of when they think of Alaska, you know. Um, but it's happening more and more. It's it's coming, you know, and, and that's one of the things I try to do with my my radio program called After Hours. I After Hours Alaska, I I created it about three years ago now when I was living in in a little town a little bit north from Ketchikan called Sitka, and it's actually where I was born. But I ended up going there a few years ago just to explore it as an adult. Just wanted to explore a new chapter in my life, and I ended up creating this interview jazz radio program, much like what you do uh, with your program. Um, and it started out with just playing music. I just had a love for music. I wanted to share it. And then one of the things about living in a small town like this is you they give you the freedom to kind of create your program however you want to create it. And so, and even in Ketchikan, you know, I'm able to kind of make this radio program that I do my own. And I don't think I would be able to do it if I lived in a big city like New York or Los Angeles. That's one of the the charms about living in a small town is um, and, and being kind of an unknown, you know, is you can really create it and mold it into what you want it to be. They give you that freedom here. Um, but in terms of jazz in Alaska, yeah, it, you don't think about it much. And it, no, it's not like, you know, it is in New York and these Chicago and, and some of these really, you know, New Orleans, really um, jazz rich infused cities. But it's here, you know, it, it's definitely here. There are a lot of uh, different programs that I know of that, um, you know, share jazz and you just have to dig for it a little bit more. <laughs> How important as a as a jazz radio host, talking to you as somebody who's making media, you know, I'm, I'm a student of communication. Uh, I'm studying over at uh, Southern New Hampshire University. And 
you know, I, I love folks who work in media who are who are working in in a very kind of more flexible, freedom kind of oriented environment where they're really bringing some interesting perspectives that might not otherwise be heard. And it sounds kind of like what that's what you're doing with After Hours Alaska in many ways. That's that's kind of one of my goals with this program, this this podcast. I'm curious how important as a radio host is the idea of freedom to you? Well, you know, one of the things that I that have enriched my life by doing this radio program after hours, Alaska is everybody has something new that they can bring to the table. Everybody has a different experience with how they came to love music and their upbringing. And, uh, you know, in, 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 in many ways, freedom is what jazz encompasses, you know? I mean, it, it allows you to have that space when you're looking at a, at a, a piece of music, you know, to do whatever it is that you need to do to it to make it yours, you know? I mean, that's freedom right and um it's just amazing to 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 get to speak to all of these sometimes well-known artists and sometimes not well-known artists you know and and each individual story is just as important and just as vital i think for people to hear than anyone else's whether the whole world knows their name or whether three people know their name, you know, and, and my, my goal in this whole program is to shine the light on both. So people can see the importance of, of everyone, everyone's story. Absolutely. That, that's one of the goals with this podcast, really. It's for me, the, the center point is perspectives. Everybody has a perspective, you know, and, and my conception of what a perspective is. It's the experiences that people have had. It's the training that they've had. It's the opportunities that they've had. It's the things that they've done and succeeded with. That to me is a perspective. And there are so many interesting perspectives interacting with jazz and blues. So for example, you know, I might interview a jazz piano player. I might interview a author about a blues book. I might interview you know i just the recent episode that i released was with somebody he's a business owner out in arizona and he had an interesting experience with jazz in college after you know he didn't really like jazz very much and then he has an interesting experience with it and then you know he didn't go play jazz but he learned some interesting things by studying the music in college to me it really enriches the music when you can kind of get all the different perspectives and learn about all the different perspectives, your perspective, you know, the, you know, very first person I interviewed, Lori DePeace's perspective, Ray Gallant's perspective, all these artists and, and authors and all the different people who are interacting with it. When you can get those different perspectives, to me, it really brings the humanity of the music more into focus. That's wonderful. That's really, really unique that you not only interview the the musicians themselves, but people, everyday people that have had an experience with the music. Like you said, an author, somebody that didn't like jazz at all to begin with. And then, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's really, truly unique because that's coming at it at every angle, you know, not just the musician's perspective, but 
every kind of person's experience with it. It's those everyday experiences. I mean, it's 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 experiences that I had when I was a a baby and a small child and a teenager and a twenty year old and now a thirty seven year old. That that's it. That's what makes your voice and your feelings you. It's it's the whole experience of being a human, right? Exactly, and that's just that's wonderfully said. That's exactly my conception of it. Uh, and it sounds like we have actually very similar views on that. It's uh, just all, you know, that's what makes jazz an interesting genre, really. If we think about, you know, we think about Stan Getz, we think about John Coltrane, we think about Louis Armstrong. These, these were interesting musical voices, partly because of things they experienced and then partly because of their training and partly because of opportunities they have and things they succeeded with. You know, and there's, you know, there's always what people would think of as failures. I'm not sure I would necessarily call, you know, I, I don't really think of, I think it's sometimes it's a little dangerous to think of things in terms of failures. Uh, you know, I, I think of it more as learning experiences. I think of it more as opportunities to become better, you know, you, you know, so when an artist releases an album and it's, you know, maybe I don't like it or maybe I do like it, but critics don't like it. I don't really think of that as being a failure per se. I think, well, that's just, you know, that was a step they took and we'll, let's see where, where they go next. Like you said, making mistakes or living, uh, you know, a phase in your life where you might've felt like a failure. It's all of those things that lead you to where you are now, you know, and it's, it, it's those things, it's the pain and it's the joy that bring you to reality that bring you to truth and that's what people want to hear you know they they want to hear truth you know at least in my perspective and and sometimes truth is not always joyful and sometimes truth is not always painful but i mean you know you think of a, an artist you brought louis armstrong so and i think he's a good example when we when we talk about experience and and joy i mean I'm sure that his life was not always joyful, but when you hear his voice, there is a joy emanating from it. You know, you listen to Nina Simone, her experiences were not always joyful. Her experiences were not always painful, but her voice exudes a certain pain and whether it's pain or joy or whatever it is that you hear, longing, desire, as long as you're being true to yourself when you're playing or singing it, that's what people want to hear. They want to hear truth. They want to hear your reality. Exactly. And, and what you have to say about that reality, that, that's a great way of putting it. As a radio host, what have been some challenges that you've overcome as a radio host? Getting creative with my questions, you know, and I think, you know, you can get kind of comfortable and you can you can kind of stick with, you know, how did, what was your upbringing like? What kind of music did you, and those are valid questions, you know, what kind of music did your parents introduce you to, you know, the kind of the standard questions. But one of the challenges is just to, uh, to let go of the, the guideline. Cause I always, when I interview an artist, I always, I'm like you, you know, like you have like a framework of the questions that you ask but one of the challenges is to really kind of let go of that and really, really listen. 
And, and, and when you're really, really listening and responding in terms of active listening, that's when the magic happens in the conversation. You know, when you, when you, it's the same as when you sing a song and you're looking at the music versus taking that music away. That's when the magic happens because that's when you're truly living in the moment, whether you're in conversation like you and I are right now talking about the music or when you're in the midst of a song, when you take those, when you take the page away, that's when it happens, you know? Absolutely. I actually, I had an experience when I, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get more experience with interviews. I just started earlier this year. I've done a wide range of interviews and the very first couple, I mean, I had, I had a sheet of paper and it had the questions and I, my only concern was how am I going to get past this reading the questions and (laughs) I've been there. And it, you know, it's nerve wracking and you're worried. And then you, you know what you learn though, that it's, it's not about impressing the other person, you know, that you're trying to interview. It's not about, it's about connecting with them, hearing what their voice is, listening to them. And when you do that, you know, I always do create questions, but you know, I will, there was one interview I asked the very first question and literally it went down a rabbit hole and I threw out all, all the questions I made. And I didn't even go to him because it wasn't, it didn't fit the conversation. And, you know, I, I, it's something that I've learned from having done this is that people don't really fit into what you think they fit into. And that's one of the joys of interviewing, as I've discovered, is that you can really learn, though, you can learn something very special about people. Because if you ask them the interesting questions, if you ask them, you know, if you ask a basic question and then they go into territory that opens up interesting questions and if you're listening to what they're saying and hearing what words they're using and hearing the stories they're sharing and if you really attempt to respect their perspective and ask them from their perspective you know really trying to understand what their point of view is you can really learn some interesting things it's it's much more fun than trying to fit people in a box with you know okay i made these five questions and we're going to try to answer them you know, I'm going to try to read it as carefully as possible. People really want to hear the conversations. And there's a certain level of uh, authenticity into that. It's kind of like jazz, really. You know, I mean, when, when you know, one of the things that the critics will often say is, you know, who's, who's out there taking the chances? Who's out there improvising in the moment? Supposedly, I don't know if this is true or not, but supposedly Miles Davis fired somebody in his band when he saw them practicing their improvisation <laughs> improvisation i don't know if that's actually true or not but you know it's this idea that you have to be authentic and you have to really seek connection and you can only do that really when you are comfortable with connecting and listening as you said and really listening is connecting yeah i think you're spot on when you say it's it's really about connection and for me like what part of how i prepare for an interview is and I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing musicians, you know, like you, your, your interview uh, program seems to be a little bit more just everybody's experience. Doesn't matter whether you're a musician or not, but everybody's experience with jazz. But with my show, it's, um, it's really, I focus on musicians, but one of the ways I prepare for a, an interview is I listen to their music. I li- what do I hear? And I base that, I base my questions off of that. So I base my questions off of what I hear before I speak with them. And I just listen. Cause man, I mean, when you listen to an album or when you listen to a piece of music, sometimes you can, 
tune into things that you would never be able to tune in if you were just sitting across the table with them talking to them, you know, like the music can be very revealing and intimate in that way, you know? Have you had any interesting or really memorable experiences having interviewed jazz musicians? Yeah. You know, one of my first interviews among my first, I don't know, maybe he was like my third or fourth, but I interviewed Monty Alexander, the great pianist, Monty Alexander. And I remember talking to him. We were in the midst of conversation and he talked about these things that he calls clinkers. And they were like mistakes that he uh, made in the music, you know, like he would be playing, he would be playing a piece of music and he would uh, play a note that he, that he called clinkers, like a mistake, like, but then I answered him or I responded to him by saying, but it's those clinkers that make you, you, it's those clinkers, it's those mistakes, so-called mistakes. I think they're almost kind of genius moves really when the music almost just kind of takes over and, and the music is playing you as the musician. But we just had this really interesting conversation about clinkers, you know, and, and how uh, certain, maybe somebody might mis might view that as a mistake, but how I really saw it as, as a beautiful thing that really made him special, you know? What was significant to you about that connection? I think it was the authenticity of it. I think it was just like we've been talking about, the letting go of the the list of, of questions I had prepared for him because I was nervous. Here I am getting I'm getting to talk to Monty Alexander. I better be like completely squared away and I, I better have like one, two, three, four, all of my questions, my ducks in a row. But he kind of brought out this aspect of me that just I couldn't help but take away the page because he was so real with me. It forced me to be completely real with him. I mean, it, it's, it was just this beautiful exchange of authenticity. I mean, he, he brought it even more out of me than I think I brought it out of him. I mean, it was just his way of talking and speaking and expressing was so, um, I don't know the word. I, it was just so unpre unprepared and just so in the moment that it brought that out of me. And it was just this beautiful exchange of conversation of, of truly, truly listening and appreciating each other. Well, and I've really appreciated this conversation we've had, uh, Stephanie. I I actually threw out most of the questions I made with this interview. And you know what? I think it was a great conversation because it, it took some interesting turns. And I, I hope you've enjoyed it. I, I do want to ask you, where can people connect with you? Where can they learn more about your radio show and your music? And how can they support you as both a artist and an advocate for this music that we all love? Well, for my radio program, After Hours Alaska, um, you can go to afterhoursalaska.com that's my 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 radio program you can see all of the people that i've interviewed on there um, i interview a usually a new artist uh every week sometimes i play encore uh editions of after hours but um my next uh, big interview that i'm totally excited for is i'm going to be interviewing stacy kent and that will air uh, in Ketchikan, Alaska on December 8th. 
But um, after every interview, I always put the interviews on the the website. And so like what you were saying earlier, I know the time zones can be really a challenge for people, but you can always listen to the interviews themselves on afterhoursalaska.com. And then my, my, my album, you can go to iTunes. It's called A Breath of Spring and uh, it's on iTunes. It's on YouTube. It's, you just Google it and there I am. So um, if you're interested, you can um, check that out and yeah, it's been a real uh, joy and pleasure to to speak with you, Derek. Thank you so much for um, inviting me to be on your program. Well, thank you, Stephanie. And uh, I look forward to listening. I'm going to have to dig through your archives, and I really appreciate you coming on to, to this show. And uh, we'll have to talk again soon. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And I'm excited to explore your show, too. I'm really excited now, now that I have more of an idea of what you do. It's um, I'm, I'm going to dig into it and I'm sure find many treasures. Thanks for listening to the Jazz and Blues Affinity Podcast. Make sure you are subscribed on your favorite platforms so you never miss one of our exclusive interviews. Learn more about the podcast, find detailed show notes, and listen to previous episodes over at www.jazzandbluesaffinity.com. Take care and join Derek next week for another great conversation.